Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1532, on Human Nature, part two, by Elena Miller of zenpsychiatry.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to ORD. I'm Greg Audino, your host and narrator, ready to pick up right where we left off in yesterday's amazing article from Elena Miller of Zen Psychiatry. Be sure to listen to yesterday's part one if you haven't already. I would definitely pause and do that now. But if you're all caught up, then let's not waste any time and jump right back in for part two as we continue optimizing your life. On Human Nature, part two, by Elena Miller of ZenPsychiatry.com. I've had near strangers divulge their personal problems to me at inopportune times. A few weeks ago, a former co-worker I hadn't spoken to in years found me sitting by myself at lunch while I was waiting for a doctor's appointment, sat down, and promptly unloaded onto me about her work, family, and interpersonal problems for the next 20 minutes. I just ordered a delicious sushi lunch, yet was now pressured to confront my own Sophie's choice eat two more pieces of sushi and be forced to hear more about the school administrator who didn't properly appreciate her son's contribution in the classroom, or four more pieces of sushi and give her a chance to start the story about her husband flirting with her sister. Some seem to see my vulnerability, which I have no choice but to wear openly given my physical appearance, as an invitation for them to share their own vulnerability, whether my relationship with them warrants it or not. I've had people I don't know intrude on my personal space. Yes, I know my fuzzy hair is awesome, but that doesn't mean I want strangers to randomly start rubbing my head. At a BBQ a while back, I was enjoying some quiet in the garden, daydreaming and staring off into space, when a woman I had just met, but who knew I was sick, came up to me, started rubbing my back, and asked me dramatically, Are you okay? Caught off guard, I bristled back, leaned away, and promised I was fine anything to get her to stop rubbing my back as soon as possible. But this just made her more insistent. Are you sure? She said, rubbing even harder. These moments all share something in common. I am treated not as a person, but as an object. I am used, probably subconsciously, to serve another person's emotional need without consideration as to how I might feel about it. Others will turn my illness into their illness, as if, being around cancer is anything remotely close to having it. In a text just the other day, a person I am no longer close with, while telling me how much harder my sickness has been on him than me, referred to my cancer as quote-unquote cancer, yes, with air quotes, as if I have the fake kind of cancer, and this is all one big spa vacation for me where I get to relax on the couch while models and Greek togas fan me and feed me grapes. I did not realize before I was sick that self-awareness is a quality many people go their whole lives without developing. I did not realize age does not guarantee wisdom, nor does youth preclude it. In fact, almost all of the boundary violations and odd comments I have witnessed have been committed by people decades older than I. My friends and peers have generally demonstrated a compassion for my situation that is impressive 
given their lack of experience with it. And the realization that naturally comes out of these points is that not everyone is equally deserving of my currently limited mental and emotional energy. It is not a moral issue of some people being good and others being bad. Rather, some people are highly evolved and others are not. Those who said cruel things to me when I first wrote about my cancer diagnosis, speaking from a place that I now realize was utterly self-involved, how else could a person justify saying such harsh things to a young woman when she had so much taken away from her just days earlier? At the time, they devastated me. I felt their opinion mattered as much as those strangers who were so kind and supportive. But now, I care much more about what I think about people at that stage of development than what they think about me. On the other hand, there have been so many who have illustrated that true generosity and selfless love are possible. My friends and family who have visited or sent kind messages weekly, dropped off food for me, told me they will be there for me in any way I need, and when they say it, I know they will. Teachers and employers who have given me the gift of focusing on my health and not worrying about work. My cousin who took me in when I became homeless and treated me like her own sister. These people hold a space in my heart. Their opinions also hold a space in my mind. The least self-aware people don't learn from their own experiences repeating the same mistakes when they're older as when they're younger. Others who are more wise learn from their experiences and grow in self-awareness over the course of their lives. The most wise people learn not only from their own experiences, but from the experiences of others. They learn from the experiences of history. I look forward to the day when having cancer isn't the first thing I think of when I wake up, when it doesn't consume me throughout the day, when the most salient thing about me isn't the fact that I'm sick. Until then, At least I'll learn a lot. You just listened to part two of the post titled On Human Nature by Elena Miller of ZenPsychiatry.com. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. And an amazingly inspirational note to end on, I thought. Thanks so much to Elena once again. Now, I have not been faced with something as life-altering as a cancer diagnosis, but I certainly can marvel in Elena's ability to live with this and actively choose to lean more into what she's learning about herself and others from this experience, instead of letting feelings of bitterness or unfairness take hold, which they easily could for her and wouldn't be abnormal in the least. She's displayed a lot of strength here today, and my hope is that that's propelled anyone listening to see opportunity in whatever setbacks they're currently facing. Opportunity to grow, to observe, to relate, etc., regardless of what that setback might be. So, thanks once more to Elena for showing us the way and opening up about this extremely difficult time for her. It's been a real privilege to read from her these last couple of days. We have reached the end, though, everyone, so I hope you were as taken by this post as I was. Of course, I also hope that you'll share this episode with someone in need and subscribe to ORD if you haven't already. That's always appreciated. And aside from that, have a wonderful rest of your day, and I'll see you tomorrow, where your optimal life awaits.